Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wild Lee, and I'd like to give you a big, huge welcome to Season 2 of Sex Stories, a podcast that exists because I truly believe that talking about what we like during sex helps us have our desires met in other aspects of our life as well. I know that for myself, when my sex life is better, I feel turned on in all aspects of my life, and I tend to have amazing creative experiences. I bet I'm not alone in that, and whether you're creative by profession or not, I do think that fulfilling sex helps launch us into that like playful state that is so fucking fun, literally. And today's episode, I think, might win the award for the most personal and most explicit. I have decided to launch our season two by reading to you my journal entries post my first three sessions with my former master, which took place in April 2017, just over three years ago. Before we dive in, though, I wanted to tell you, this week, I had not only a wonderful video date, I had amazing phone sex with a couple as well. 
So I am slowly but surely making romantic explorations in this very, very strange time. And the thing that's blowing my mind about them is even though these are not in-person experiences, I feel like they've helped me. Well, I feel like I have a deeper connection to my body again. And I have been pretty shut down for various compounding stress-related reasons since I got throat herpes in November. Go check out episode 51 if you want to know my herpes details and didn't know I had herpes. Uh, and my experience during this pandemic is this strange feeling that I'm being forced into extreme self-care. I mean, I have the privilege of being forced into self-care. So I've been eating, sleeping, and exercising in a very balanced way to the very top, tip-top best of my ability, partly because, you know, not only do I want to keep a good handle on mental health, my immune system is so fragile, I feel like I really need to keep it in as good a shape as I possibly can. So I think that plus this flirt energy and these partners are just delightful, wonderful, easy to communicate with people. And so it's left me feeling horny, but like in my body. Like I feel like the last few weeks I've been like horny, but it's sort of this horrible trapped inside feeling like just bad, <laughs> like, like, ah, and I feel now I'm like a flower blossoming. So I don't know if that's just my birthday rapidly approaching. I'm recording this the evening of April 27th, but I'm telling you because it's fucking delightful. And I'm explicitly mentioning it here because this emotional body slash sex slash creativity connection is one of the reasons that I've started soliciting nudes and responses for the parts poll, the private parts poll, the not so private parts poll. And you know, it's also exactly what inspired my new one-on-one -on -one offerings. So I just did a long distance photo shoot earlier today with a client who is now in the Southern hemisphere, but we used to shoot, she used to shoot with me in person here in Los Angeles. And some of you will see these shots in our upcoming sex stories Insta collage, as well as some of the stuff you guys have been submitting to me. And, you know, she opted to get naked during her shoot. We were just doing the photo shoot. We weren't doing any of the time capsules, but I just have to say it's been so, so fun to support people feeling good in their bodies and coming away with these photo mementos that really commemorate and capture the entire experience. And I just know for myself, it's there is a physical energy that, cre that I create when I am especially taking pictures of my own body, clothed or not, but I like to be naked. When, there's, when it's like for a partner in mind, even if we're very far away, there's something about that that I think is just so, so special. So I also did get a question from someone who was curious, a listener who's curious about one of the offerings. Uh, I figure probably some of you will also have this question. Any session that we do together that you are paying for is 100% private. So I'm basically giving people the option to purchase their own private sex stories episode or creativity stories or an encapsulation about how they feel about their body in this current moment stories. So you know, each session starts with a question that is, how do you feel about your sexual or creative or physical body self today? And we go from there. And so I ask you, I send you thought provoking questions ahead of time. Um, if you're the type that likes to prepare and wants to journal and wants to like think about it beforehand. But I also have great success just like honing in on what seems important to you because I focus all my attention on you like I do when I'm listening to people. And then I try to figure out the details about the things that seem important to you. So we document the process together. And I, it seems to work great for people who have thought about it beforehand and also haven't. So I, I don't know, up to you. But I don't have any examples to show anyone because they are private. So the closest thing I have to an example is probably a regular guest interview on sex stories, although we don't 
you know, in these sessions, we're not necessarily trying to go back to the very beginning and get your full history, but it's just a time capsule of this particular moment. So anyway, if you want more details, visit the website, sexstoriespodcast.com. I was very pleased with the idea of offering $69 sessions, but I may have to end up doubling that uh, because it is hard to get all the details in 30 minutes only. So stay tuned, grab a 30 minute session while you still can. I don't know if I'm going to change it yet. I'm figuring it out. But the offer code for this week, which gives you 31% off any session is big red, all lowercase, all one word, B-I-G-R-E-D. You'll understand why when you listen to this episode. Now, many of you who've been listening from the start know that it is thanks to my discovery of my kinky submissive self that this pod exists. The explicit clear communication that my former master introduced me to is a tool that I wish for everyone, kinky or not, to at least know is available to them and to feel comfortable enough using when necessary. So I get that I like verbally processing more than most other people, and for those of you who are chill and relaxed enough in your own bodies that you don't have constant strings of confusing thoughts running through your head, I'm jealous. I bet you come really easily, and I bow down to you. <laughs> But for those of you who've never felt quite sure about your sexual self, but are also never really sure why, I too have felt that. And often, even as I'm still like constantly figuring things out and constantly making discoveries, I'm also learning I change a lot. And that's why I just love talking to you guys and thinking about this stuff out loud together and trying to understand, you know, where we're all coming from and if when it's different, when we have different experiences from other people, trying to understand that person better. So I'm recording this Monday, April 27th. I got an email just this morning from a listener that inspired this whole episode. I'm going to read it and then I'll explain why. This is from Kay, who's in Hudson River, New York. Subject, the beauty and grace of a submissive woman. Wyo, an early happy birthday to you. Heard you say on a recent show your birthday's April 30th. I also love being a Taurus. We are wonderful lovers. Submissive women are beautiful things. I am a dominant, heterosexual male. There's nothing more wonderful to me than a strong, smart, independent, mature woman who embraces her desire to be submissive. It's such a rare and precious thing. I'm not conflicted at all by my sincere, genuine desire to at once show a woman affection, compassion, consideration, generosity, support, attention, and respect while at the same time expressing strong verbal and physical dominance. Your free and open expression of submission is such music to my ears and confirmation that what I seek in a woman is more than possible. The verbal expression of submission is incredibly arousing to me. Hearing a self-respecting woman of conscience, intellect, and strength express their desire to please me by being my whore is beyond words. This is not about a conquest for me, but rather a recognition of mutual sexual desire and expression that requires no justification or explanation. It's just understood intuitively. I think many men mistake dominance with force and control without regard for the female submissive and her essence as a submissive. Even though I enjoy expressing strong dominance physically and verbally, my focus is more on your submission rather than my dominance. It is a submissive's willingness to surrender herself that is the absolute turn-on for me. The open acceptance of my dominance and her submission as mutual expressions of trust and natural human desire. Hope this makes sense. How a dom can want to cook you a meal, rub your feet, make sure you're warm and comfortable, listen to your life interests, and make you feel safe while simultaneously force you to wear a collar and crawl. 
call you submissive names, tie you up and spank you with a hand or belt, demand your self-expression of submission with loving and beautifully degrading words flowing from your submissive lips. A woman who does that for me deserves all the protection and care I can offer her. I love hearing your open expression of submission on your show. It inspired me to write and say without filter what's always been my truth. While I've had the good fortune of experiencing sexual submission from a number of wonderful women, I know I've never experienced a true submissive who embraces submission as a core of their being. I hope one day to find her and I'll keep looking with enthusiastic optimism. Meanwhile, I'll continue enjoying your show and wonderful verbal expressions of female submission. Be well and stay safe. So I feel very lucky that I get so many emails from you lovers where I feel seen. Like, oh, they really get it. Now, I do get a lot of like very, very shitty projection also and like a lot of gross stuff, so that can fuck off. But I also feel so lucky for the parts where I feel connected to complete strangers because that feeling that we are not alone, that we may be perverts, but we are not alone. <laughs> and I love the word pervert, by the way. Sex fiend, lover. That gives me some large hope for this world. Feeling connected in a deeply loving, understanding way to complete strangers. To you guys, I don't know all of you, but I've talked to a lot of you and you're great. And so I thought I'd let you lovers into my brain so that you can see how I feel about myself, how I felt about myself so early on in those first few days when I was brand new to submission. And if you like these details, I have decided that I'm going to make the rest of these entries available through Patreon. So I journaled every single session that we had for that first perfect year. Um, so this year, I think I'm just going to add these journal entries. I'll record one, you know, every month as we go, I'll record the May ones, I'll record the June ones. And I'm going to be adding those and you can access them through my website through Patreon. So visit patreon.com slash or visit wiley.com and that'll link you to Patreon. All my websites eventually link to each other and I've been getting messages from you guys from every single one of my sites, which is just silly. So a deep thank you also to Billy, Sean, and Craig for becoming love warriors this week. If any of you joined after the 27th, I haven't seen it yet. So thank you for joining Thank you all for helping me ring in a new season of sex stories. And I hope you enjoy this descent into the origin story of my slavehood. Wednesday, April 5th, 2017, 1.32 p.m. So, I've decided I want to write as much as I can remember about last night. All caps. Warning to any future offspring, or really any loved ones of mine, don't read this, just don't. Anyone who knows me, really, don't read it. It is for me and me alone. I might someday share it with him, but aside from that, don't fucking read this. It's gonna be explicit and maybe weird, okay? So don't read this. This is for 86-year-old me to read and remember, okay? Nobody else. Get out of here. Don't read it. Good? Good. Oh, lovers, you can see how far I've come. So... We met downstairs. I was waiting in the lobby on a tufted love seat, alternating between looking at my phone and looking off into the distance. What looked more natural? What looked cooler? There's nothing to stare at. An empty coffee bar, a dude working on his computer. I would have sat where he sat, but that cool little alcove was covered in dark purple, filthy velvet. Can't do it. 
He walks up. I was on my phone, after all. Starting a journal entry didn't write much. I stood. We kissed. I wondered what would happen if someone saw us in public. He doesn't seem worried, though. Does he really have a wife? Probably. Okay, not really my problem. I like his smile. His skin is great. His eyes, I like his eyes. And what great hair. Man, is it nice to kiss and touch someone without reservation. To get to melt because I truly don't care what the fuck happens here, aside from I don't want to get murdered. We go outside to get a drink and some appetizers. The hostess asks if we're looking for quick drinks or snacks or if we want to take our time. I say we can take our time. We're seated at a table. I sit by the heater. He sits to my right, not the place they had set that overlooks the city. He's funny. He's very charming and relaxed. We have good chemistry. We don't run out of anything to talk about. He talks about how he's been studying me online. He's looked at my Facebook posts. We have a mutual friend. I start fiddling with my bracelet. Is it too tight, too loose? I'm squeezing it. It's my tiny little bracelet with carpe diem stamped onto it. I shrug. I say, no, I'm not nervous fiddling. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I briefly consider telling him how regularly I dreamed about our mutual acquaintance for almost a year. How strong my crush on him was. I don't tell him. It sounds too crazy. And what does it matter? He's enthralling. Of course. I'm wearing a skirt with a slit, just in case he wants to put his hands up it. He'd sent a text message earlier that expressed he might like to do that. And as an aspiring good slave, I figured I should listen. But maybe it was one of those things people just say? There are no tablecloths on the table here. Our waiter, we never got his name, has bright blue eyes, but the rest of him's a bit faded. He so badly wants to take good care of us, and I find my heart going out to him, hoping he has at least some shred of his dreams left. He's nice. We order one of his recommendations, the crab cake and Brussels sprouts. I order a glass of red wine called Banshee from Sonoma County. He orders a whiskey cocktail that has a coconut sphere, a ball ice cube made out of water. We laugh about how ridiculous and kitschy it is, and we're also both clearly excited by it. He's smart. He's funny. We talk about our families. We start with sex and safe words, but our conversations always seem to go all over the place. I'm not even to this sex stuff yet. God, I tell him I looked at his Instagram too. His daughter's adorable. She has his smile. I like his outlook on life, his energy. It's wonderful. He makes jokes about being old and I tell him he's not wrinkly. He says, not on his face. I ask how old he is. He's 52. I already know his birthday, of course, one of my ex's birthday. Who is this guy? What is the universe doing? I can't believe I'm there. I can't believe it's real. I tell him so. I can't believe how much I like him and how beautiful our surroundings are and how delicious everything is. He says he likes me. He was so excited after meeting me yesterday. He went to buy a present for me an hour after we met. My molecules are vibrating at a frequency I haven't felt in a long time. I'm not at all nervous. Only excitement exists now. Am I ready to go upstairs? I have a third of my wine left. I say no, I finish it, but I take a couple big gulps. I'm not gonna waste a $15 glass of wine. I feel fancy and lucky and out of place and very excited. And when I stand up, slightly tipsy. It's been months since I've had enough to drink that I can feel anything, not that it takes much, but it's like floating on air. We walk to the very weird wood-paneled elevator. I think about the ridiculous people whose ridiculous jobs it is to think up of new ideas of what is cool or fancy. 
I don't have to think about how much I don't like the elevator though because we're making out and my brain is exploding and I wonder how many other people have made out in this elevator and if there are security cameras and if any of the guards are remotely interested in elevator hookups on any level. We step out and I'm mesmerized at what looks like a blank white TV screen on the wall, but it's actually a hole. So I stick my head inside and I see that it's dirty in there and I'm weirded out and also amused by it. But I'm glad I stuck my head in, but um, I might have liked it better if I didn't. We walk down the hall. There's an open door. I want to stick my head in. But this is actually a teeny hallway that leads to our room. We're room 909. He opens the door. The TV is on. It's lit beautifully. I look around and gasp. I'm overwhelmed. It's set up so beautifully. And he bought me croissants. Those are my favorite. It's decorated with sex toys everywhere. I don't get to look at them all in detail yet. Sensory overload. There's porn on the TV. He tells me her name is Riley. He opens the door. There's a fucking balcony with a gorgeous view. I can't believe it. How is this my life? Also, Holy shit, what if I hate all of this and my sex drive is broken or I'm broken and I'm boring and that's the rest of my fucking life and part of my identity as a sexual human being is dead. Side note, not currently too worried about that. We kiss on the balcony. I love how he smells. I love his fucking smile. I told him at some point I felt like I manifested him. Oh my God, current me is very embarrassed for writing that, but okay. <laughs> I don't know if he thought I was joking, but I 100% feel like he did. He lets me look around the room. I ask if I'm allowed to take my time. One thing I just realized I like about being a slave, questions I normally feel slightly stupid asking because it betrays insecurity suddenly become part of the play. May I look around? But may I take my time? I want to take everything in so I can be properly grateful. And I realize in that moment how often I feel pressured to rush through some of the most amazing moments in my life. And maybe that's why wandering around by myself for so long was so lovely. How often do we get to just wander in our lives? And how do you wander as slowly as you want with another person if you're the type of person that cannot turn your consciousness off about their experience? But here I have permission, so I examine slowly. On the bedside table closest to the window is a magic wand with a purple bumpy cover. There's a red candle and matches. I breathe in sharply. What the fuck? And I'm excited. And it's red. He pays attention. I'm delighted. There's a tiny vibrator, too. And a red thing. And clothespins. A little streak of fear shoots through my body. He asks me not to look too closely inside the closet because there are surprises for later. I obey. There are beautiful toys arranged on our bed, restraints in each corner that don't require posts. I don't understand yet how this works, but later I do. In the center, crossed, are a riding crop and a... Oh, uh, what is it called? He told me. It's leather. It's a whip-like thing, but it has a giant tassel. And a chain with three clips, Y-shaped chain, clips at each end. He says, I know what it's for, but I don't. I don't understand how the clips close. I did later, and I was vaguely confused by it. And the idea of clipping anything to my clit? Very scary. And if I don't die, I'm very curious to experience the in-between. The other bedside table has a feather on it. I like the look of this feather. It's big and black and soft looking, and it's next to a bottle of something. 
and then he has my attention again. Maybe I use the ladies' room first. I can't remember. The thing I have saved for last is when I first sat in a chair with pink cuff restraints attached to it. He places it in front of the TV, explains the porn to me, why he likes it, how Riley's down for pretty much anything. It's anal heavy. She's beautiful. She looks pained most of the time, but I guess so do some of the women I've slept with. I don't remember specifically anymore. He tells me to sit in the chair. He straps me in. From here, everything gets fuzzy, and I might be totally out of order. I'm just going to attempt to capture every detail I remember. I think he slaps me first on the cheek. He does at some point, maybe a few times in the chair. It's shocking. Is it painful? I don't know. Yes, there's pain immediately. It doesn't seem to last. Or does it? A slight sting, maybe? Depends on the slap. Depends on what else he's doing to me. I forget. I'm in restraints. I don't think I could move anyway. He peels off my panties. I help step out of them, I think. He wipes my wetness from them on my chest, stuffs them in my mouth, tells me to watch the TV, grabs my pussy, finds my G-spot. He's been heavily warned about how sensitive my clit is. My insides are so wet, he shakes my whole body. He tells me I'm a squirter. I can hear the wetness. I know I've gotten wet before, but I never knew it was squirting. He asked if I could hear myself squirting into his hand. I realized, yes, I could. Maybe he's fingering my asshole too. I'm not totally sure what's happening. My body's on fire, but it's foggy, delicious, stimulated fire. He tells me to watch the movie, describe what's happening. I do. I stop talking because I get distracted by how much he's touching me. He's still fingering me, deeply. It's heaven. He points out that I stopped talking. Slaps, maybe? Or maybe first he puts nipple clamps on me, or was that much later? I was top naked before I got in the chair, but no, that must have been later because I still had my skirt on at first. It gets absolutely soaked, soaked through. I feel it. I laugh. I can't believe it. He removes it, hangs it up, tells me to sit on the chair again. I beg for a towel. I can't stand the texture of the chair. And I would rather get my own juices all over a towel for future stranger's sake. I ask if I may have more wine. He brings it to me. I'm standing. He throws it on my face, my chest. There's a tiny sip left. He feeds it to me. Explains, that's called splooshing. I laugh. It's silly and amazing. He gets a towel, wipes me off, and the floor. Maybe this is when I sit back down. Maybe this is when the nipple clamps happen. I beg him to perhaps not clip my clint, which he is merciful. He instead places a clamp on my hood, or something. Who knows? Am I still in the chair here? I think so. The order gets fuzzy. Maybe we move to the bed. I think the next was the bed and the candle wax. I'm writing this big, long paragraph because of how fuzzy and connected it all feels. Yes, no, first, ah, he, yes. First, before the bed, I am back in the chair. Maybe nipple clamped already, maybe not. I'm starting to wish I had all the videos he took so I can remember. Oh, lovers, I do have them. I do have them. I can go review this. I'm not going to do it right now, though. He asked if he could take pictures or film. I... I said yes. I said yes? I said yes, it's done. There are sex tapes of me now, doing very naughty things by most people's standards. I sit in the chair, and he tells me to describe what's happening in the film. I speak slowly and clearly, but I don't stop talking this time. I don't want to be punished again, or I do, but maybe for something else. Want to be a good slave. He's touching me, filming. This is when I start to get very confused. I'm focused on the movie, but also on the sensations, and he seems to have a million hands. Maybe I don't have nipple clamps on for this part. I think he sucks my tits here. 
He's definitely smacked them at some point. Smack, grab, push, suck, push together, suck. He loves them. I'm not conscious of pain at this point. Sharp feelings have smacked, but otherwise just asking my body, does anything actually hurt? And when the answer is no, I want to see how much discomfort I can tolerate. I feel safe with him. Then nipple clamps. Then a ball gag. It's a red ball. I've never worn one of these before. The ball is squishy. I bite it. Oh, he has me bend over a chair on tiptoe. He explains that this is how his sub should present herself to her master. It displays the ass, a reminder of my complete subservience, and that all my holes are for him, my master. I feel nervous about this. My anus is not exactly experienced. I was drunk and frisky and explorative with the guy I lost my virginity to, and I was very drunk and determined on my first boyfriend's birthday and our second year together. I think there must be a finger fucking me here, caressing and then exploring all my holes. I remember drooling on the chair, around the ball gag. I allow this to happen because I noticed in the movie that Riley was drooling. Didn't need to worry about it. Don't need to be clean and control it. He notices, and he says, good girl. Then he straps me to the bed. Or is this when he introduces me to the butt plug with three different sized beads? Maybe that's post ball gag. I think I remember talking or asking questions about it. I'm strapped to the bed. Is it here he brings his cock to my mouth? Or maybe that's after the candle wax he drips on me. It's torture. Yes, it's after. I still have the ball gag in. He uses a match to light the candle and drips wax. He doesn't blindfold me, but suggests that it is in my future. Not knowing where it's going to land can be half the fun. I close my eyes when he says this. I want to prove that I can be a good slave. But I open them some and watch too because it's amazing to watch. It's perfect. He explains that one should absolutely not try this with regular candles. This is a special one. Made to be just cool enough and not leave blisters or red marks. It's a red candle. He has chosen this for me. It's hot, and I can't believe it won't leave a mark. One that drops into the crease of my right inner thigh makes me scream as much as I can with a ball gag. I do the ball gag version of mercy, which is uh, 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 versus my code word, red, which is sharper. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> he gives me a small break. That's how I wrote it down. I don't even remember what those noises are, you guys. The little red dots dry. Later, they get everywhere. On him, on me. Like silly, sexy chicken pox that move around. Sexy chicken pox. So good at sex writing. <laughs> My journal is full of so much self-judgment. <laughs> he releases me from the ball gag. My jaw's tired from it. I think this is when he starts fucking me. He asks if I want it. I don't know if I've ever wanted to be entered in a particular moment more. He feels exquisite inside me. And I can't move. The sensation is powerful and I feel our bodies fit so well. No part of me can feel lazy or worried about being bad at sex or out of shape or not the right angle or not attractive enough. I'm at his mercy, and he does what he wishes to me. Does he slap me? I actually don't think so here. Not, not yet. Maybe. I don't fucking know. I don't think so. I am so, so wet. Side note. I let him enter me without a condom. Assuming he's telling the truth about his regular testing and also his vasectomy. Between that and the movies, I am his, regardless of color. He owns me. I'm willing. Happily willing for him, apparently. Something about him feels perfect. His voice is a huge part of it. Definitely his fucking voice. His face, 
His physical features are right up my alley. His eyes have layers and his smile has secrets and he does a very specific, what am I thinking of? He has a turn the way he says something that catches me off guard and it delights me every time. A real life reversal. I adore him. I hope he never shows our sex tapes to anyone in the world, mostly for my parents' sake, because of course right now I don't have a career to ruin, but if I did, well, refusing to be shamed about sex tapes I was willingly part of and knowledgeable of seems to be a conversation that wouldn't kill me to have. I mean, unless some extremely extreme people set me on fire for being a witch whore or whatever. But the idea of my mom and dad seeing anything like that, well, that is something I hope no parent sees of their child and vice versa. So I guess it's a gamble. It's the type of thing that I would get called stupid for if it went badly. So hopefully it doesn't. I like this guy. I hope my entire faith in humanity isn't crushed by him. I think we're on the same page, though. He's lovely. What a fucking lovely human being. He asks what I would do if he untied me. I don't know what to say, so I answer, whatever my master wishes. He laughs. He hasn't thought that far ahead, but good answer. I say, probably wrap my legs around him if he asks me to choose. I want him deeper inside me. He undoes one wrist and one leg. I hold him even closer. I'm losing my mind. And it's missionary. Maybe before he unstraps me, this is when he brings his cock to my mouth for the first time? I can't fucking remember. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Eventually, I'm unstrapped all the way. I believe I have had the purple three-beaded butt plug. What's the sexier term for this called? In the whole time. I don't feel it so much laying on my back. Going in the last bead was large feeling. It's hard not to tense up. I'm grateful for all the training I've had in muscle relaxation, breathing, release. I try to stay released, relaxed. Before I mount him, he swaps it out for a plug that's silver with a jewel on the back. It's some kind of metal. It's heavy. He knows his way around and always uses the lube. It's cold. I actually like how that feels inside better. I don't know if I would like it to stay cold, but 
going in, it was so cool. Weird. Wildly weird and cool and literally cool to the touch. I ride him. I'm slightly self-conscious. Am I out of shape? Do I know how to move? I ask those voices to be quiet and focus on my master's orders and my own desire. I slow. He's big. He stabs the inside of me from this position and the sensation with the plug. It's a lot. And I'm afraid it'll fall out. He says it won't. It's in there. I ride him harder and I get lost in the moment and the butt plug totally falls out. I laugh about this. He says to forget about it. I love feeling him. I can't remember details here. I think this is where he introduces me to the big red one. I'm nervous. I'm nervous, but I'm his. I think the permission to another person also affords me permission to myself. My rational brain that still has shreds of shame and feelings around kink absorbed from general culture that say, oh no, that's definitely not for me. And the rest of me has always been curious about kinky sex and disappointed in myself for not having actual kink stories is screaming, when else are you going to try it? I feel so lucky to have such a guide, a coach, a mentor, fully curious, willing, terrified, absolutely and totally terrified, and so excited. Fucking him with this plug-in, he says he can feel the difference. He can feel how tight I am. Except I don't think we get there first. I believe this is when I put my mouth on him again. I'm at the foot of the bed. I focus on his cock first, and then his balls. They're tight, hard. Am I? Is this the right thing? Guys, the balls are so different, and I find them a little mysterious, sometimes hidden. I have no point of reference for what might feel good or how to take them in my mouth. I don't know. I do my best. He tells me to go down farther, find his anus, lick it, stick my tongue inside, the deeper the better. This is something I would absolutely think twice about and maybe never do with a regular lover. I do think there's so much stigma attached to doing things that are less mainstream in a casual relationship, or even a committed one where neither identifies as a kink person. I think this master-slave dynamic absolutely, for me, provides a safe frame of reference to work inside of where I do not feel degraded because I am never judged. He's lucky to have me. I'm there consensually. Anything that he does, even if it pushes my boundaries, I have a kill switch on at all times. It's the best place to explore. And there's no time to think or worry or get nervous when your master tells you what to do. I stick my tongue in. It's tight. It's very tight. How do I get my tongue in farther? I think about this. Even the last time I was going down on my lady friend, I was like, man, I need to figure out how to do tongue workouts because it gets tired. I never use this muscle like this, and I don't know how to push it in and make it deeper. I'm rescued. He asks me to use my finger. I'm afraid of my fingernails. I should have asked for lube. But I was just following orders, and this part I was excited about. I wonder if we can have fingers up each other's asses while we fuck. Oh my god, I don't think we ever did that, actually, side note. <laughs> I don't think we did it simultaneously. Journal side note. Side note. This is what my dream was about last night. It was funny. He said he hopes I dream about him. I said, me too. If I'm lucky, I will. Reflecting instead on the fucking year and a half of nightmares that are my life. Ooh, guys, we're going on five years now. <laughs> I've been having nightmares and stress dreams. And since the quarantine started, uh, I've been having like sexy stress dreams for about the last two weeks. They're the weirdest fucking sex dreams. I don't even want to, I'm not ready to talk about them publicly and I'm not journaling about them so they may never see the light of day, which is okay. Reflecting instead on the fucking year and a half of nightmares that are my life, I figure there wasn't much of a change. Oh, how joyously I admit I was wrong. 
He described to me perfectly how to figure out what to do. I love his voice. How deep to go. How to find the prostate. How to massage it. And now this, while putting my mouth back on his cock and balls. I like this. He's filming me. Today, he sends me a tiny clip from this moment. I've watched it more than 10 times already, and I have 16 more hours to watch it before Wicker, our secure messaging app, makes it disappear. His cock looks even more gigantic in photos. I love it. I'm so, so happy. He's perfect. What's after this? I mount him, he mounts me. I think I mount him here. We fuck while I have the big red in, and then he takes it out. I am very, very nervous and excited. He has an anal lube syringe. Gun? It's skinny and feels cold, but it's very easy compared to what's been in there so far. I'm still nervous. Big red is nothing compared to him. He's gentle with me. He tells me how good it feels, how tight. I'm doing a lot of breathing. He goes various speeds. There are moments I like. Mostly I'm afraid I'm going to shit myself. Anal kind of feels like shooting to me over and over again. Those muscles are activated and I think half of it is me being nervous. I ask for mercy. I say, can I have a mercy that's like a 10 second break? He smiles. Yes, of course, I can say the terms of the mercy. I ask him to stay inside of me. I'm sort of turned on by this idea. The movement feels harder, but it's not unbearable, it's just scary. He asks what I'm afraid of if I do lose control. I simply say, I would just be embarrassed. Which is true. And I know it's not the end of the world. But it isn't how I want to remember our first night together. Oh my god, you guys, I did not remember that the conversation that we had when he said, what if you never had to be embarrassed in front of me happened while he was inside my asshole. I had forgotten that detail. <laughs> He pounds me some more, eventually exits me. Maybe I make this happen, I can't remember. Maybe he can just read me. My brain is not at all thinking straight. He approaches my mouth? I don't know. Am I licking my own shit off his cock? No, not into that, not there, nowhere close. And now he wants me to come. He's touching me, my body's so overstimulated in so many ways. Oh, I skipped a part earlier. Post ball gag, but pre being released from my bed restraints, I asked for mercy to have my nipple clit clamps removed. Midway through him fucking me, he agreed. Holy fuck, I had no idea how much that would hurt. He did my hood first, thank God, and I thought my head was going to explode. Apparently the blood rushing back in after being cut off for so long is painful, and the nipples, my nipples are still sore, and I've been putting arnica on them. I'm going to get some heavy fucking duty arnica <laughs> to take before, during, and after next time. So, now he wants me to come. I don't have words. I tell him I'm very overstimulated and will need to focus. I attempt to use words to tell him what to do, but I don't have any. I touch myself. He watches. I actually don't know what he's doing because I have to close my eyes to focus. I am shy. And my lady parts have literally never been this stimulated in all the ways. I do the outside only way, although I can't wait to show him how I like a finger or a cock inside while the outside is also being touched. I'm so excited to try and explain my body to him. To have him help me figure it the fuck out, too. It occurs to me that I might be setting the sexual bar for my life so fucking high that I may choose to spend the rest of my life alone. Ah, if only he were 20 years younger, single, and, well, just, actually, he's so my cup of tea. Okay, need some thought stopping here, Karin. Nope. <laughs> my journal self. <laughs> I have an amazing, beautiful orgasm. I'm in his arms, and I am so happy. Or wait, did he come first? 
He said something about always wanting the lady to come first, but I don't, I don't really care about that. Did I make him come first? I don't know. But when he came on my face, a little bit got in my mouth, and he got a towel and wiped me off. Come makes my skin tingly. I wonder why. I should look that up. Why don't I look these things up? I think this is another situation, too, where if I were with a casual sex friend, any dude casually being like, hey, I want to come on your face, is that cool? I'd tell them to fuck the fuck off, and I would feel disrespected. But because these boundaries are there, because he treats me like a slave in the bedroom and a human being in between sexy things, it doesn't feel disrespectful to me. It feels exciting and different and naughty. And also, I told him he could never pee in my mouth or on my face. Maybe neck down, but not post-asparagus. What happens now? I can't remember. I think we collapse next to each other. There's a fair amount of cuddling and me wrapping myself around him and very sweet kissing. I remember just wanting to kiss so many parts of him. I loved how soft his forehead felt. And I almost freaked myself out nibbling on his eyebrow too intimate. And then I was like, nah, nope, no way. He tells me a very funny story about his vasectomy. He's a good storyteller and I love him for it. I feel so lucky over and over again throughout the night. Just lucky. He's fed me some amazing superfood truffle and sips of wine and water throughout the evening. He takes such good care of me. He brings me a robe. We go out to the balcony and we just talk for a while. He finishes telling me more about his path to his current work, his experience being here, what it was like when he first moved here. I find him so charming. I love talking to him. I mention how good my whole Monday was how elated and how good I felt walking to my audition yesterday after meeting him. And he reminded me that all those feeling good about myself feelings come from inside of me, not from him. That they were always there and we're learning how to access them, maybe together. He has said a few times throughout the evening that he can see why people fall in love with me. He says stuff like, those eyes. I love looking at him while he fucks me. I hope he doesn't feel obligated to look back. I would also like looking at eyelids or eyelashes, but at his eyes too, I think we're a good match. He says so out loud. I tell him I have no actual point of reference, but I trust his judgment and I'm excited to keep exploring. I do feel like he sees me and pays attention. It's wonderful and terrifying and I don't know what to do. He has promised not to fall in love with me, which is a silly promise to make and a silly thing to ask of a person. Rules about emotions can't be made, but rules about actions can. And I don't want to fuck anyone's life up. Not again. I don't care if people look back in gratitude for the breaking that helped them move to the next level or whatever. I don't want to feel responsible for it. I don't want to be any part of it. I don't want anything to do with it. I just want to play my part keeping his marriage healthy. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. If you are listening to this, you are probably like me and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. 
You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like bone or softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. With Blue Chew, penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And you know I love a good package. And I have to say, am I allowed to say this? It was very hot when I had a partner who I already had a good, trusting, open relationship. He'd been working on his anxiety, cutting down on screens, meditating, he quit smoking, he started exercising regular, cutting out processed foods, all of that stuff. He was just of a certain age, and I'll just say, the night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn-on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it, and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Oh my god, I left out some of the most important fucking things. All caps written in my journal. One, my bodysuit. It's red and fishnet and amazing. This, when did this happen, post-nipple clamp? Maybe about the same time as the big red? I believe I was wearing it the first time we fucked. Or was it the second, maybe? When did it come off me? When did it go on? It went on backwards. Let's see. I came off post the second important thing. Okay. I think all of this happened before the bathrobes and the talking. I don't know. But the second and most important thing. My collar. His collar. My collar. A gift from him to me. I wasn't expecting this, and I certainly didn't understand the significance at first. He brought it out, and I was immediately breathtaking. It's thick. Maybe leather, but it has red lace designs all around it. And it comes with a thick chain, my leash, that he can pull me around with. Show me off if we were ever at a sex club or party together. I don't know if that's in our near future, but I would wear it. He made it serious. Explained that he's only gotten a collar for one other sub previously. I stopped myself from asking why. It seemed rude. And perhaps I didn't want to know the answer. He told me that he bought this for me an hour and a half after we met. He was very excited about me. I feel glad to know that our excitement levels seem to be mutual and comparable. He explains that I should not accept it lightly and that it is the dom-sub equivalent of marriage, and that some people have a ceremony. I decide not to let that level of commitment freak me out because I know I want to see him again, and more than once, preferably a thousand jillion times. When we met initially and he told me about eight-hour sessions, I remember thinking, what the fuck, I would die. We got up to the room around 8 p.m., and the next five hours passed more quickly than I've experienced any time in ages. He says over and over again that he likes me. I like hearing it. At the same time, I feel scared he likes me too much. But I'm not too worried. I think we like each other the same amount, which is good. 
I think I have a hard time with being liked. He says he wants to teach me how to love myself the way other people love me. He wants me to see and feel in myself what other people can admire so easily. In a very weird and almost backward way, as we explore together, he's helping me find my power and fully come into myself. And of course, I've been thinking a lot about my voice teacher's passing comment about the importance of our sexuality in our work, and about my friend who's a love healer, talking about the power of the pelvic floor. It's everythingness connected to my own brain and how I've experienced my other friend come alive more and more as he connects to his body and hips dancing, along with other concerted efforts he's been making to explore himself sexually. It's all swirling in there, and my sex has been missing. And this man is helping me find it. I'm wearing my collar outside while we talk. I love wearing it, but eventually I get cold. We go inside. What are the things that lead up to our next round? I can't remember. But he's fucking me with my collar on, holding the leash in his hand. I want him to pull it, to choke me a little bit. But I say nothing. I'm a slave. And I have a feeling that all this will come in good time. He comes inside me. He asks first. Do I receive it? I do. Oh, yes. The second time was before we made it to the balcony. Because I can feel his cum dripping down my leg while we talk. I am turned on by it. Eventually he has to go. We shower together. And I lay around the bed very lazily while he washes the toys. His goodbye includes words about twisting and fucking with my mind and liberating me and I don't know, stuff that sounds scary if it was taken at face value and terribly exciting coming from my dom who I am safe with. I think I'm safe. I think I'm safe. I like him so much. I want to be safe. And I want to explore more. He keeps the collar for me. I can't wait until next time. Oh my god. Fuck, you guys. I have not read that since I wrote it. <laughs> Shall we go for more? My next entry in the journal about him. Session 2. Tuesday, April 18th, 2017, 9.59 a.m. Warning. Sexy sex details ahead. You've been warned. I was super duper glad that my house was already mostly clean when I woke up. I attempted to roll out of bed around 7. A little cleaning. Need to eat food. Drink coffee immediately. Didn't want to have coffee pooping trying to happen later. Started to get nervous about butt stuff. I need to do anal research. What is the proper way to prepare? I remembered to let my two best friends know that I was having a gentleman caller and approximately what time they should expect to hear from me again, but no part of me is really scared. He doesn't seem like a murderer. I like my master. My whole body likes my master. Even if painful things happen, I'm so excited for him. I closed all the window shades so the construction people didn't get a BDSM show. I was thinking of surprising him in the outfit that I bought with that bar customer's credit card years ago. Since my ex-boyfriend was always too weirded out about why I had it to let me wear it for him, the one time I tried to wear it for my other sex friend, he was just like, what is that? Do you want to take it off now? But my master asked if I knew what to wear for him, so I decided to save it for another day instead. I got interrupted from that other journal entry, so the next day. Okay, actual details catch up, and I'm in a weird mood, so maybe a dumb time to do it, but better now than never? I was wearing my red body stocking backwards, the way we originally accidentally put it on. 
I might like it better this way now that I think about it. I don't know. He knocked. I found myself suddenly super duper nervous. Awkward. The same way I felt when he called me on the phone today. Oh, now I exist outside my head. I have to say words. Hmm. I opened the door and hid behind it because I was topless and wearing my stripper shoes. He didn't come inside immediately. I poked my head out. I'm taller than he is when I wear seven-inch heels. But he's tall, and I like this. And we kiss, and I like this. And it feels good to be in the arms of a human, and I can melt a little bit. Even if he is about to hit me and twist my nipples and stuff. Here's the thing. Maybe I'm fucked up. I don't know. I don't really even register the stuff that counts as kinky in some way. Like, yes, I hear you. I get it. Leaving marks and stuff. Slaps and hits and name-calling clamps. And there are moments of discomfort. But for me, so far, the experience is just thoughtful. More intimate. More time for arousal. Better sex. And he's not actually that rough with me. I mean, kind of. It's different from boys who don't know what the fuck they're actually doing and just try to shove their dick up a girl's ass to try anal. My master does massaging. Uses plenty of lube. All kinds of toys. You work up to things. There's tons of slowness. It's a process, the journey, not just the end result. But oh, are the end results delicious. And for me, they actually happened with him. I had two or maybe three. I don't know how to count. The second one was either a really long wave that ended sharp and obvious or was two separate orgasms, but the middle one was very drawn out. I don't know how to describe it. This is so rare for me. Vaginal orgasms for me have happened only a handful of times in my life. Now, he did reveal to me yesterday that his pubic bone is a little sore, so is mine, from rubbing my clit while thrusting, so there's that. But this man knows what he's doing and I love him for it. Yes, he did chew on my earlobes. Yes, they are still sore now two days later. Yes, my nipples have marks and my friend noticed my chewed earlobes. That boy pays attention. I guess I only really fall for guys that do. That's my friend who is my first boyfriend. And I realize that my tongue has felt weird and slightly painful for the last two days. And that's probably because of the tongue and nipple clamps. I'm not writing this in order at all. We began in the entryway, making out. I had all the shades closed. Construction workers. But in the end, I'm glad. It was a cool and sneaky vibe. He ordered me to stand with my hands on my pole, butt out, bent over. I cursed myself for wiping it off and for applying oil to myself. It was so slippery. In heels, it was hard to balance. He started the camera to document our things. Pulled apart my ass cheeks, smacked me once on the left, brought the camera down, probably started fingering me here. My brain gets so fuzzy. He sent me this portion of our video already so I can see pretty clearly in my head I'm gritting like a dumb, happy idiot. He tells me to stand up, to approach him. I do. My back is to the pole. He's filming. He asks if I'm there of my own free will, camera on. I figure this is some legal thing, but also, is it a roleplay test? So I say something about being there willingly and following the orders of my master, happily. Covered my bases. He asks me my favorite color and my slowdown word, and we begin. I think a blowjob. I know a few minutes later I ask to take the spiky shoes off because I'm poking myself a lot. <laughs> These shoes have actual, like, spiky studs on them. He's very kind. He has me deep throat and hold. He doesn't mind if I kind of gag. There's a moment where there's no air and I kind of fall over. Not in a scary way, but it's funny. I feel inelegant. How do porn stars do this? Are they 
specially constructed human beings? Can it be learned? I don't know. He orders me to the back of the couch. Lean on it. He goes away and does something. What is he doing? Maybe, ah, yes. He grabs the cold, jewelly ass plug and a blindfold. My red tape. He notices that I have the mementos of him that I've collected. They're out and on display. He comments. The jewel plug is very cold. I like that one. Maybe I get some smacks here. He does smack me hard at a few points. Hard enough to shock me. Not hard enough to leave lasting impressions of pain or marks. I'm shocked, though, always. And yet, in memory now, I wonder if he's going easy on me? Will there be moments I can't endure so far? I feel pretty solid about everything. Still nervous about butt stuff in general, but I think it's just that, nerves. I feel like he put the blindfold on me while I was on the couch. But I also remember what going to the bed looked like, so maybe I have that wrong. He definitely puts the blindfold on me then. And I feel the riding crop. Some smacks. Some caresses. I don't know what everything is. The details of the physical sensation get fuzzy here. I know he also has the flogger. What else does he do to me with the blindfold on? Makes me squirt, definitely. Yes. I remember this one. A flood. A puddle. And when he finally unblindfolded me, man, it was a puddle on my bed. Oh, yes. This is what we did early on. I think I was still on or by the pole or maybe the couch. He made me squirt. He wet my entire face with it and baptized me. I was baptized. Maybe some people would think that's sick or gross or perverted. I think he's a silly goose. It made me laugh. I do believe that there was an old version of Karin, an old me who didn't know her body and had never gone down on a woman that would have thought this was thoroughly disgusting. But I just think it's so silly, lovely silly. So back to the bed. From here, a swirl of blowjobs and fingerings and squirting and what else did he do to me? I don't remember. The spiky thing was around. I got to put in the red ass plug. He fucked me. I rode him. I went down on him for forever. But like, in a way where I felt like I could have spent the entire day worshipping his cock and balls. I attempted to practice my rim job and my prostate massage skills. No worries. Relax. So what if it gets messy? Exactly. So what? It was a blur. I do feel dazed by it all. I felt in utter bliss. I can remember... I can't remember when my orgasms happened. One of them's later. One of them is earlier. Must have been pre-anal stuff and then the second one, maybe the second time we fucked. Is that right? I don't know. Yes, I think so. I remember at one point, he played with my clit, told me, how did I not know this? How big it actually is. It extends all the way inside. The thing we know is literally just the tip. It's about the size of a medium zucchini, according to the internet. I ended up reading that in Come As You Are the very next day. I tell him how rubbing is bad, but pressing and rubbing is good. He plays around. Everything feels nice. He's magic. And he shocks me here and there with pain. There's one slap across my chest during round two that made me gasp in pain. But the worst part is just the anticipation that follows. Is it going to come again? I found myself flinching so many times, and I wonder if he felt that I was actually scared of him, and I wondered if I actually was scared of him. But I think he's a kind master, and I really do think he's a great sexual partner. I rode him in all the ways he commanded. Um, hello, need more cardio? Yes, sir, please. And eventually we worked our way up to the main event. He was so excited about coming inside my asshole, where no man has come before. I kept reminding myself to relax. Right now, the thrusting does feel like I want to poop. And that's the part that makes me nervous, but the actual in 
I find very intriguing. And he's letting me borrow his butt plug, which I've been playing with and leaving in, and I certainly am intrigued. As in, I do get wet when I put it in. Just anticipation. Excitement. What is going to happen? And even with the plug, it feels like I'm pooping when I take it out. But also, I find it a very interesting way to practice relaxing. So his new pet name for me is Ass Whore. Very charming. He comes very, very hard in my ass, and I am relieved and excited and all of the above. He does some cleanup. I wish I'd looked. How messy did it get there? He has baby wipes. The sheets are slightly messy. Eh, nothing terrible. We cuddle. We're sweaty. I'm obsessed with looking at him, staring into his eyes. This happens with any of my lovers that I'm allowed to stare at. Just could stare forever. Looking is enough in some ways. And not at all enough. We cuddle. We talk. It's sweet. He says I can ask him anything. I say I'm afraid of prying, but I'd like to know whatever he'd like to share with me. He talks about his life. I'm not going to mention these details here, lovers. I know at one point he says something about how if he were younger and single, he'd be all over me because I'm a catch. I find this very sweet, and also he's already all over me. He gets to have me, literally. He can do whatever he wants, so what does that mean? I think it's some statement to communicate the value he sees in me. I tell him he's amazing. He keeps correcting me. We are amazing. I mount him again after um getting obsessed with his man parts and for a while I just everything gets sparkly and too much and my senses are going crazy and it's like little sparkly fireworks up and down my head and I have to stop. I explain the extreme sensations to him. He has a solution. He puts a handcuff on each wrist. I'm genuinely curious to see where this is going because we don't have the handcuff bed thing going on. And then he clips them together behind my back and I go, ah, I see. He has new nipple clamps. I expect them to hurt a lot. They don't hurt as much as I remember. And then he takes the bottom of the Y and mercifully does not clamp it to my clit, but clamps it to my tongue. And this is where I get a slap that resets me. It's amazing. Like cold water on my face. And then he fucks me so beautifully. And I have maybe one or two orgasms because I don't know how to count them and I can't believe it. And eventually he comes on my face and into my mouth and we're so tired and sweaty and it's amazing. And I just lie there panting and eventually wipe off my collar with a sheet. And he assures me it's easy to wash because I don't want to get my sheets messed up. I like him. We snuggle more, exhausted. Eventually we start to clean up. My alarm is going off. It's 1.30. We get dressed. I pull the top sheet off the bed. My head is swirly. I love how he smells. He's washing the toys and stuff. I'm pulling out photography backdrops and putting on pants and opening up blinds and eating the croissant he brought me because he's so fucking thoughtful. We chat. He's great. I attempt to ask if he treats all women in his life like this. He answers in terms of a DS relationship. I'm curious about his wife. I'm curious about his first wife. I ask about how close he pays attention, because secretly, I think my expectations are set so high, maybe they're beyond crazy. He grabs me, holds me, tells me stupid jokes that I laugh at like an idiot. I adore him. I tell him my knock-knock starfish joke, which is my favorite. I can't believe how nice and funny and good to me he is. So many orgasms. My brain is swirly. He gets serious. He tells me that I deserve to be treated like this from anyone. The good feelings are not from him, they're from me. He likes to say this. 
He says something about how maybe I don't need to be in a rush to find someone to treat me so nicely. It's cute. I'm not. I don't think he gets really how anti-people I am. Ugh, I don't know. I'm coming off the high, and I'm scared of what it'll do. He's talking about seeing me again on Friday. Maybe in the daytime. Maybe in the nighttime. Maybe an all-day session, he asks. I don't know. Man, that would be fucking heaven. Saturday, April 22nd, 2017. 11.06 p.m. Holy shit. I just finished watching our session two video, and I wish I'd written about session three before watching session two. Is my whole life going to be sex stuff? Am I spending too much time playing with butt plugs and vibrators and masturbating between texts from my master? I mean, yeah, guys, I guess my life is going to be sex stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Yesterday, was it only just yesterday? Morning. When he arrived, I was still in the grumpy, rageful, petulant mood. He knocked, I opened, we kissed. He maybe was already filming? He was filming a lot of this. How am I? Fine. 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 How's master? And then maybe I seem nervous. And he says, okay, we should talk about that. And I don't want to talk much at first. Now, in this current moment, I literally can't remember why I was so nervous and petulant. I was incredibly nervous. I could feel nerves throughout my whole body. He brought me two croissants, one chocolate and one plain, both from the bakery that bakes everything for the ivy. I eventually tell him about going dark places and feeling bad and not wanting to share that with anyone. Not wanting anyone to try to fix me when I'm there because they can't, and I will despise them for trying and for failing, and then I will punish them, and then I will hate myself for treating someone so poorly, and it's just nicer and easier to be alone when I feel this way. He's kind, he's gentle, he notices my purple shoes, although I think they are actually more of a cobalt. I guess they looked purple. They're not, though. I picked not spikes and not things with straps this time. Things that would be easier to take off. He's so fucking smart. He makes me wait. Orders me to pour him coffee. Unpacks his toys. He's giving me time to acclimate, I think. I'm already happy he's here. I fully expect to be peed on. I just want him to fucking do it. Part of me wants to have a reason to hate him. But I don't. I love this man. I am not in love with this man, but I do love him. He takes out cuffs. He needs to put them on my bed. Later, he asks if he can leave them there. They're still on right now. They're still on right now, you guys. He left them here. I still have them. <laughs> Three years later. Man, how can I have time to live a life and journal about it and do other things too? He tells me I'm allowed to have a sip of coffee while I wait. I'm allowed to sit on the chair. I've been on a chair in the kitchen on my knees. Maybe he's sucking my nipples. We're making out. Maybe he's playing with my cunt. I can't remember. But he lets me sit down while I wait. I write a note to call my friend. He notices. He notices everything. I'm so turned on looking at him. His eyes are an amazing pattern. They're rimmed with gray and they grow darker in the middle and I just love staring at them. Today I remember to ask if he can see me without his glasses. He says yes. They're mostly for seeing far away. Do I have a butt plug in yet? I don't know. He cuffs me to my pole. 
I feel like he makes me squirt here. I can't exactly remember. Something rough. He's behind me. We're probably making out. I don't know if I can give him a blowjob from here. He has me fuck the bottom of my pole. I felt so fucking awkward. I think I'm still wearing my shoes. Maybe I'm not at this point. I don't know. I don't know where to put my legs. I can't find the right angle. My legs are not strong enough. Holy shit. He wants me to go for forever. The pole is very cold and then it is very wet. And I remind myself that I need to clean it later. Hilariously, a few hours later, my friend is hanging on the top part of the pole, the clean part, and I realize I have not cleaned it yet. <laughs> it's like she can read this in my eyes. Is this pole clean? She asks. I nod yes, because the part she's touching is. If she goes down further, I will stop her, but she doesn't. He inserts my jeweled plug. Eventually it falls out. It rolls across the floor, toward the window. He watches it, filming with the camera. This makes me laugh a lot. It rolls slowly back toward us. I think he says something about an earthquake. I adore him for his sense of humor and his effortless infusion of it into his dom self. I'm grateful. He's perfect for me. He's exactly what I need. Maybe I'm flogged? Oh, no, I think it's laid out toys on the bed, chained, perhaps. He does lead me by my collar. To the bed? Do I lean on the back of the couch first? Is that the session? I thought that was session two, but ugh, it wasn't in the video. I remember... I'm remembering to arch my back. It must have been session three. Wait, what does he do to me on the couch? I don't know. After the butt plug, there's a butt plug. How is it I don't remember? Gaps, 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 gaps. I'm led to my bed. I'm eventually cuffed to all four corners. Or does that happen later? I can't remember. Everything really blurs together. So I'm just going to give a list. I have four or five clothespins pinned to each breast, avoiding the actual nipple until later. One on each of my lower lips. Does he fuck me like this? I feel like yes, or maybe he just fingers me. I can't believe that I can handle clothespins. I've tried them out by myself. How can this be happening? Am I going to have to say mercy? I think about it. I'm preparing to say it, but I realize I don't need to say it yet. I'm thinking about getting ready to say it later. I'm worrying about pain I'm not actually experiencing. It's here that he slaps me at just the right moment to get me to focus, I think. There's definitely a time, much later on, where he's touching my clit, and or says something about orgasms that causes me to protest and get neurotic, and he slaps me three quick times, and it was exactly what I needed. Almost like a reset. Initially, I wrote exactly what it needed, which is maybe about right, based on what I just watched. I'm an it, watching myself. I don't always look like myself. The first half of session two at the beginning, I look so insane, like, like an insane, excited child almost. Drugs if I didn't know better, like a drugged look, crazy desire, relaxed desire, gratitude, it's fucking crazy. When he removes the clothespins from my breasts and from my lips, they all hurt different amounts. I think he did lips first, and I think I screamed. The first clothespin on my boob, the far left, hurt the most, like a goddamn bitch, I know I screamed. The other ones were less. And the one that hurt the most is the only place I have a bruise now from clothespins. I think I have a couple of light finger bruises. There's a lot of fucking. There's so much fucking in session two when he fucked me in the ass. I just remembered to try and relax, but it was uncomfortable almost every moment. This round, and after four days of playing with the butt plug and some online research about what's normal, I feel a little more secure about my butthole. Way less concerned about any extra stuff that might come out out of their post-anal penetration. Whatever, if it grosses them out, let them be grossed out. But this time we didn't even use baby wipes after and it was smoother feeling and I was more relaxed. Still, I was ready for him to come when he came. But in the meantime, oh yeah, right. Earlier on, he used the Hitachi on my clit. I almost died. And now during anal, he used it again. And this time it was an amazing fucking distraction. And I had a goddamn orgasm almost immediately while he was also fucking my ass. Who the fuck is this guy? It caught me totally off guard and it was amazing. I think I go down on him eventually post butt stuff. Is that disgusting? 
This time when I gave him a rim job, it tasted slightly metallic. And the first knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, no. Ah. And then I was like, oh, okay, so what's going to happen? Fine, fine, we're fine. Basically, I'm getting more comfortable with everything, which is fucking amazing. He fucks me while I'm strapped down, ass-plugged. I love this. I ride him later. I also love this. I think I deep-throat him a lot, more confident in my growing skill. He straps me down again later on, at least my arms, and then he comes in my cunt. I get so turned on by this. My bed gets soaking wet. Later on, different but in the same bed, I soak things again with another lover. Is that fucking weird? I don't know. I was full showered, I guess, but I didn't change the pillowcases. But also, he and I barely use the pillows, so I feel like that's fine. I adore him. When we're fucking, I kind of want to melt my body into his. I wonder how much of this is a dom-sub psychological thing, and I wonder how much of it is just feeling comfortable enough that I don't need to worry about regular walls and other casual relationships. After everything, I sit next to him at the table, eventually right next to him. I just want to be touching him as long as possible while he's here. I guess I have been pretty touch-starved. He's read every sci-fi book I mention. He remembers the title of Childhood's End for me, one of my favorite books, off of a one-sentence description I gave him. I like him so much. Those were our first three sessions. So you can see, long before I ever started the podcast, I was very into the details of sex stories. I kept that journal up pretty regularly for every session we had that first year. And I didn't write a single journal entry after that. And that was when things started falling apart. So now he's not in my life anymore. And I'm still really sad about it. So lovers, you have now heard some of my most personal journal entries. And truly some of the ones that are probably the most important to me. And even though that relationship has ended and I did recently send him an email thanking him for all of our time together and letting him know that I would always love him and hold that love in my heart. But in the meantime, please fuck off because every time we talked, I was just getting hurt almost immediately. And I normally don't feel the need to put those self-protections in place, but because of this crazy fucking time we're in, I feel less, less balanced. And so I had to ask for that. So I don't know if we'll talk again. We'll see. But what I can say is I'm excited to have shared that with people, even though it feels very vulnerable, because I hope it gives more context to a master-slave relationship. And you're getting to know my kinky submissive heart better. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.